0: Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journeywomen. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Beales. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women podcast, I chatted with Edith Moyana about worship. Y'all, I had a really busy and chaotic week, and you'll probably be able to hear that in the middle of the podcast, I was completely overwhelmed by God's kindness to me as He ministered to me through Edith in the confines of my very own closet. I really pray that he does the same for you as you listen to this episode, wherever you are today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I have a fond memory of you teaching. I think this was actually my first introduction to you at Cross Point, which is the church where we both attended in Columbus, mm-hmm. Georgia, back when we lived there, mm-hmm. and taught at our women's conference on the book of Ruth, and yes. the potent, beautiful lesson that you gave. You gave one of three kind of teaching I don't know what you call it. I remember. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we sat next to each other at a little table and debriefed and Mm -hmm. it stands out in my mind. And so I wanted to have you come on and talk about the topic of worship because I know from interacting with you at church that you're also passionate about worship, Mm -hmm. not just like through song, which you do beautifully, but Mm -hmm. in everyday life. So thanks for joining me and for your willingness to come and share with us today.
1: Well, praise God. And I'm thankful that he allowed those experiences and he grew me so much during those times as well but that's very comforting um, and encouraging to hear you say so thank you
0: when you teach do you not feel like you learned so much more than like yes! anybody in the room
1: yes yes lord knows i mean this is a perfect example too like my wisdom there's no way i could have this is just all holy spirit this is all the lord and for his glory. So yes, it's, it's, I love it.
0: I love how you said, whenever I sent you the questions and said, you know, this is just to kind of showcase your wisdom and knowledge. And you wrote me back and you go, well, Lord, help us. I've got,
1: none. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way every uh, single week. Uh, uh, <laughs> can you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your family life looks like, all that good stuff.
1: Yes, so my name is Edith Moyana, and I am one of seven children born to Nathaniel and Ethel Irons. Um, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama, where I spent most of my life before moving here to Smith Station, Alabama, with my wonderful husband, Ruben. And we've been happily married for almost 15 and a half years now. Wow. I've been Yes. Blessed with two very beautiful, very energetic girls. Joy is my eight-year-old, almost eight-year-old, and Jada is my our five-and-a-half-year-old. Um, by profession, I'm a veterinarian, but I only do occasional relief work presently. Uh, my full-time occupation is homeschooling our girls. Oh, cool. And, yeah. Caring for my husband and our home. I've been a follower of Christ for about 30 years now. And Again, I'm just grateful for this opportunity to be part of your podcast today.
0: You know, based on your number of years that you've been married to Reuben, I should have deduced this, but I'm telling you, Edith, you look about thirty. So <laughs> that's shocking.
1: <laughs> I've gotten that before. Trust me, I've gotten that. That's that's all mom and dad, they're they're genes. I have <laughs> nothing to do with that. No credit whatsoever.
0: How long have you guys been a member of Crosspoint and what does it look like for you to serve there and love, love Jesus with the body of believers there in Columbus?
1: Yeah, well, we have been a part of Crosspoint for about four years now.
0: Oh, wow. I thought it was longer than that.
1: Yeah, just four years. um, A little bit after we moved here, by God's grace, he made it clear to us that that was the the body that he desired for us to be a part of. So we serve in in various ways. Ruben is currently an elder serving there. We both serve in children's ministry. Um, I sing on the praise team occasionally. I heard you guys did a remix for Easter. Ah, yes. I wasn't able to be a part of it. But yes, I heard it was great. We were actually um, serving in the kindergarten room at the time. So that's nice. I was worshiping there uh, <laughs> while they were in the, in the sanctuary. So <laughs> just it's been such a blessing being a, a part of this body. And I'm just again, just even before we moved here, the Lord just orchestrated all of those pieces mm-hmm. for us to 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 join
0: hmm It's such a precious group of believers. I love it so much. I miss all you guys at Cross Point. Um, and you kind of threw me a bone there. You mentioned that you worshiped in the kindergarten room. And mm-hmm. I think many of us don't really affiliate taking care of kindergartners on Easter Sunday <laughs> when the classroom's booming as worship. So Edith, can you kind of expound upon that? What is worship?
1: I uh, perused in the Merriam-Webster dictionary just for it's a general definition for worship. And it says that worship is to honor or respect someone or something as a God, Hmm. as a follower of Christ, the way I personally define worship, what helps me to think of worship is that worship is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle of knowing the one true God and making him known. Mm.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. So knowing the one true God and making him known. I mean, I think so often Edith, at least me growing up like in the church, I just thought worship was something that you do. You know, people talk about the style of worship, like singing songs on Sunday morning. You think that it's something that you only do like when you're in a church building,
1: but it's
0: something that extends beyond that.
1: Absolutely. As believers, we are called and commanded to worship the one true God. And it's absolutely right to worship him because he alone is worthy of our worship. It's not just something that we do on Sundays. When you look in, in scripture, it's not just something that you do once a week. Worship becomes just that, a lifestyle, everyday choices, everyday decisions, and our expression of who God is um, to us. When we look at, for example, 1 Chronicles sixteen twenty nine, it says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-seven. all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. Romans twelve, one. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. So we should... Remember that no one and nothing, no matter what the world tells us, is worthy of God's worship. He alone is worthy. So anyone or anything that occupies the throne mm-hmm. of our deepest affections and adoration, that thing becomes an, an idol. And yeah. we know how God feels about uh, idolatry. In Romans one twenty two through 25, it's his claiming to be wise. They became fools. sweet self and kind of helping me to prepare. He gave me um, some of his plethora of resources, but there was one book <laughs> that he showed me. It was called uh, biblical doctrine by mm. MacArthur. And yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. And uh, it had such an awesome explanation for worship. Yeah. What did it say? Yeah. It said to worship the Lord is to ascribe to him the honor, glory, adoration, praise, reverence, and devotion that is due him, both for his greatness and for his goodness. Mm -hmm. As the sovereign creator of the universe, the triune God alone, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is worthy of worship. I mean, Hunter, I read that and I was like, amen and amen. I I just, I mean, it just, it, but I think sometimes, unfortunately, as believers, we forget to recognize and understand that we cannot, and I have to repeat this, we cannot worship what we don't know. I mean, yes. think about it. How, yeah. can you, how can you honor God? How can you adore and praise and revere and glorify uh-huh. the uh-huh. one true God if you don't really know him? Right. I mean, that's that's vain worship, right? It's vain.
0: Totally. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, how do we get to know God so that we might worship him?
1: Well, I think when it comes to, knowing God. First, we have to understand it's not just about, I don't mean like knowing facts about God right. because even Satan knows and he believes a lot of facts about God, mm-hmm. but he would never worship him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, we see just the opposite. When he tempts Jesus in the wilderness, he wants Jesus to worship him. And Jesus quickly sets him straight about who the object of our worship should be. In Matthew 4, eight ten, 10, he says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So ultimately, when we talk about knowing God, it's about having a relationship with God. And Jeremiah 9:23 to 24, God puts it. In his own words, it says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands Mm -hmm. and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, Mm -hmm. and righteousness in the earth. For in these things, I delight, declares the Lord. So over and over we see. Um, Psalm 910, those who know your name put their trust in you. John 110, he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So I think there are, are three kind of uh roots that our worship mm-hmm. um is 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 kind of rooted in. And and these are things that will help us to to know and, and understand him more. And
0: one oh, yeah. of those
1: things is is humility. Yeah. The gift, the yes. gift of of faith. Yes. Just believers, period. Having the gift of faith and, yes. and, and being able to come to the gift of salvation and knowing the Lord um it, it doesn't come from us. Um uh, mm-hmm. knowing God and is, is it's something we're absolutely incapable of mustering up on our on our own. In mm-hmm. Ephesians two eight it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this faith is not your own doing, it's the gift of of God. So mm-hmm. from the very infancy of our salvation, we are humbled. I mean, mm. God graciously strips us of any right to boast in ourselves. Yes. Jesus even tells his disciples in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that mm. you should mm. go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. So humility is it's realizing it's realizing totally. that the the very breath in your lungs is a gift from God. Yes. The blood coursing through your yes. veins right now and that's being beat by your heart is a gift from God. The mind that you use to accomplish the simplest of tasks, whether it's writing your name or acing a final exam, it's because of God's sovereign will. So the world doesn't teach it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I think even as believers, there have been times where I will talk about humility or, you know, patience is another one of those things, you know, humility, patience, don't pray for those, you know, because, you know, if you do, then then God <laughs> will tell, yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. But humility is a strength. It's not a weakness. I mean, yes. Jesus himself humbled himself to the point yes. of death, yes. even death, on the cross. And in fact, if if you'll let me read in Philippians 2, eight, it says, being found in human form, he humbled himself by huh. becoming obedient huh. to the point of death, even death on the cross. You know, I will talk a little bit more about that. But I think it's important not to read over that too quickly, because how does Jesus humble himself? It doesn't say that he humbles himself just by dying on the cross, but by becoming obedience mm-hmm. obedient to the point of death even death on our cross and that's our standard that's our measuring rod for humility so humility is one mm. of those three main roots those three essential things that we need the other is that we need for worship is love mm-hmm. to know god mm-hmm. is to know love and first john 479 it says Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And then the third thing just is basically an expression of our love. The third root is obedience.
0: Yes. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word.
1: When we think about obedience, obedience is something that's demonstrated, should be demonstrated vertically. So between us and our heavenly father, and then also horizontally between us and other people and Jesus. Nobody demonstrates this better than Jesus on the cross in John 15, 9 through 10. He says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, Mm -hmm. you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And then 1 John 4, 20 through 21, it says, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For Hmm. he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love love his brother. So without humility, without love, without obedience, Mm -hmm. our worship is vain. We can't know God apart from these things.
0: It's so funny that you mentioned that because downstairs on my letter board, which, you know, I had to be trendy and get a letter board. (laughs) (laughs) I have a quote that says it's from Charles Spurgeon, and it says humility is the proper estimate of oneself. Yes. And When you're talking about that, I'm thinking, man, yes, to have an accurate view of ourselves and to know our desperate need for what Christ has done for us as he humbled himself unto the point of death on the cross, and that stirs our affection for him. Our love is quickened, and as a result, then we desire to be obedient to the commands that we have. Um, laid out in scripture. And I think so often, Edith, we just kind of flip that all on its head. Like, mm-hmm. we think by doing in and of ourselves, then we're going to be able to, you know, perfectly execute worship. And we just have to humble ourselves, like you said, right. and to acknowledge the gift of faith and to ask God to give us a more accurate view of ourselves and who we are in light of Him and what He has done to us. And right. that just drives us to our knees. And then out of that, um, I think we're able to be obedient from a position of resting in what He has done. Yes, because when we do it the opposite way, what do we we become prideful. <laughs> like,
1: Absolutely, we start Absolutely. to think we're
0: pretty pretty hot stuff. And Absolutely. I'll tell you from personal experience that then worship is dry. You know, and really, mm-hmm. it's self-idolatry. Let's just be yes. real about what it is. Yes, yes. So, what yes. kind of worshiper does the Father seek? I mean, you you mentioned a, um, a humble worshiper, a loving mm-hmm. worshiper, an obedient worshiper. Do you have anything that
1: you would want to add to that? Absolutely. Again, I mean, God has just laid it out for so clearly in Scripture. Um, I know John, you're bringing the heat with the well, Scripture, you know, man. I this is great. You I told you that I have no wisdom, absolutely no wisdom. God is totally just the giver of all wisdom. And he tells us in John 4 22 through 24, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. So this is Jesus Mm. talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. He says, Mm. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers Mm. will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We cannot know God. We cannot understand his truth. We cannot obey his commands apart from his spirit. So Jesus God is calling us to worship in spirit and, and in truth and we see how necessary the third person of the Trinity is, the Holy Spirit, uh-huh. when it comes to worshiping God, yes. being able to worship God in spirit and in truth. John 16:13 through15 it says, "When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, hmm. but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And along the same lines, Romans eight twenty six through 27, it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit, leads us into being able to worship rightly in truth and according to God's will.
0: Uh, amen and amen. I'm, I've got tears running down my cheeks because you're mm. just led to gratitude, like, He has given us a helper. And so I think we can feel despairing if we forget that we have the spirit of God in us. Yes, And I think sometimes, you know, I get outside of just the grace that he's given me in that moment. And I'll try Mm to, conjure up how I'm going to react to a certain situation or what I'm going to do when I'm in certain circumstances and, you know, worry. And it's like, wow, but you have the spirit in you, you know, and he will be there with you as you go about whatever it is that God sets before you. God. Yes. So, yes. how does this flesh itself out in the context of our everyday life? You know, when we have real things that are coming up against us, like when we're, I don't know, Edith, I've got a three and a one year old right now. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> like,
0: how do we worship when we've got some real challenges that sometimes feel like they are? Um, impeding our worship or coming up against us, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, going back to that, that simple definition of worship being a a lifestyle of knowing God and making him known, um, we strive to know God and understand God better when we get in his word. I mean, if you've uh, everything that I have, you know, I know. You just say it. It's yes. just all based goes back to scripture. What does yes. God's word say? What does God's word say? And so we need mm. to know God's word. We mm-hmm. need to study God's word. That's that's the that's our sword. You know, we talk about the whole armor of God. That is our offensive weapon yes. when we are faced with trial and tribulation. And you know, I realize that life can be busy. You know, we're all in different seasons, but every single one of us. Followers of Christ can find, we yes. should find time yes. to study God's word and we find time to you know, we find time to do everything else, right? We so prioritize true. you listening There's... to this
0: podcast now, you got time.
1: <laughs> everything <laughs> <it> else. <laughs> so We have, we have a God that, that wants to, he's, he's wants us to pursue intimacy Mm -hmm. with him. He wants us to Mm -hmm. know him. Um, So, you know, studying, staying in God's word is, is, is going to strengthen you in that. And also in having a prayer life, a healthy Mm -hmm. prayer life, um, letting God's Holy word and the Holy spirit inform us and how to pray and what to pray for uh, is so important. And remember, as we do these things you're worshiping God, you know, you're strengthening yes. and you're watering those three roots of worship, humility, love, obedience. And that time in the word, it exposes areas where we're falling short. You know, sometimes when we go through trial and struggle, um, yes, it can be outward and, and things coming against us, but sometimes it's many times it's inward and it's just mm-hmm. not being deeply rooted in in him. And we find areas that we might be falling short or are actually being disobedient. So this helps to usher us into a time of repentance and restoration and praise. And that, my friend, is just more worship. So, you know, you mentioned that sometimes life whether you're a mom or, you know, got kids running around and struggling to to just get through the day and just all the challenges with that. Sometimes we go through seasons of of suffering and, Mm -hmm. you know, worship as individuals is, it's not rooted in how we feel. I think that's important for us to understand. And what I mean by that is whether I feel happy and believe God to be deserving of my worship mm-hmm. based on how life is going for me or whether I feel life is really hard and it's lonely and I'm walking through a season of suffering and pain and I just, I don't feel like he deserves my worship based on my unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. God's worthiness to be worshiped isn't based on my feelings. It's based on the fact that he's worthy. In and out of season. Yes. And I realize, you know, this might be difficult to hear and I absolutely don't want to make light of anyone's right. suffering right. or heartache. But followers of Christ, we're called to worship yes. even in the midst of suffering. Yeah. And remember, suffering is guaranteed, right? I mean, totally. Jesus tells his disciples in John sixteen thirty three. he says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulations, yes. but take heart. I have overcome yes. the world. When we think of our biblical people that we think of who yes. suffered, I That's mean, what I was just thinking. Job. I mean, <laughs> open up
0: your Bible, and it is all over there.
1: Yes, uh, Job. It it says in uh, one twenty through twenty two says after. Now, this is after Job has received. One tragic piece of information after another, after another, after another. I think it's like four times, like one thing back to back, all this tragic news. And what does Job do? It says, Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground uh. and worshiped. Uh. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Jesus, nobody suffered more than Jesus. And we see how he continues to obey and revere the father and worship him in his suffering. When we read Hebrews 5, 7 through 9, it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was Mm. heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Yeah. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So definitely we can't make light of suffering and just where we find ourselves in various seasons of life. Life, But one thing we can know for sure that worship as individuals, we can take heart and be encouraged that God is well acquainted with and he cares so much for each of his children in the midst of our suffering. 2 Corinthians, I think first um, chapter three through four says it so well when it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I mean, There's so many times that that word comfort is used and God is just wanting us to understand and just to know that he understands. He knows there are going to be seasons of life that's it's hard and you you may not be feeling it. But Mm -hmm. again, it goes back to it's not about a feeling. It's about him being deserving and worthy. And so whether we find ourselves on the mountaintop or in the valley, God is the one that enables us by his spirit to worship.
0: I'm thinking of first Peter when he's writing, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you might be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And I'm going to draw it back to when you were talking about getting in the word of God, because I was just listening to a podcast uh, with Jen Wilkin and she was talking about making investments into your Savings account when you're spending time in the word, so that when you're going through a trial, when mm. you don't even feel like getting in the word, or when things may be so crazy that you, in fact, don't have the ability to sit down and be in the word, but for you to have something to withdraw from, like a yes. biblical understanding of the grand story of what God is doing throughout all of redemptive history, yes, and how we have that in His word, like for us to be able to draw on that in our time of need. And then when we do have time to know that when you open up the word, like you have all the solidarity in, you know, you look at all of the epistles, um, you look at Job, you look at, you know, the life of Jesus and the gospels, like you have so much solidarity for people who are in really difficult, broken, hurting places. It's all over the entire text. It starts yes. in Genesis. Yes. Like it is yes. all there. So yes. I think a lot of times we feel like, man, we don't know where to turn. We're in mis- when we are in the midst of suffering. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage women to turn there when you're in times of joy so that you store up that investment for those times of suffering and when you're suffering, even when you don't feel like it, to open up the word yes, and to find solidarity there. But I know we also find solidarity not just in um, the people, uh, God's people from times past, but we feel solidarity in God's people in the present,
1: i.e., the
0: local church. Yes. Yes. So what is the purpose of gathering together to worship together with other believers, Edith?
1: Well, when we gather together um, with other believers, again, it's not just a suggestion, it's a command. Totally. And just, again, got to go to scripture to back that up. Hebrews 10, 23 yes. to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as mm-hmm. is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And also Psalm 102, 18 through 22. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord that he looked down from his holy height from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners to set those who were doomed to die that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem, his praise when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. So when we gather together, corporately when we gather Uh together as believers it's a time to fellowship as one body the body of christ to edify one another to exhort one another to sing songs of praise and thanksgiving Uh together to pray to observe communion to carry out discipline to hear the word of god preached and taught together when you read you mentioned the epistles when you read the epistles of paul and john and peter and james they're written for the sake of of the church, mm-hmm. not for the mm-hmm. sake of just a single individual. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Ephesians 3, eight ten 10 says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And so as a church body, They're exhorted to worship in the spirit of unity and love. And ultimately, it all points back to the gospel. And we see that Philippians 127, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, this is Paul speaking, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And I think what's really cool and important to remember, too, is that corporate worship isn't just for the believer. Mm. Corporate worship is an opportunity. God uses corporate worship as a means to draw even unbelievers to Mm -hmm. himself. And so that's just so important for us to remember that, you know, we have been commanded to worship, yes, as individuals, but also together as a body
0: Yes, I love that. And I also love how, you know, when we are doing our thing individually day in and day out in our homes, which are also doing hopefully alongside people in the local church, like doing life together under the word of God, even outside of Sundays, but our individual worship as we grow in that, as our adoration of Christ, you know, just is continues to grow then our corporate worship is enriched. Like we come together to the table offering more to one another because we're to be bringers of the message of salvation to one another. So what does it look like for us to gather together on Sunday mornings and to come together doing life, you know, everyday life under the word of God and to really worship together in a gospel centered way?
1: Well, worshiping, Together, I mean, that that is the local church um, mm-hmm. members, members who are intentionally gathering regularly, doing life together, spurring one another on to godliness in a loving covenant way. You mentioned um, gathering together as a as a church, as a local body. But then also, too, I think in addition to that, gathering um, together together maybe even like in a small group setting Mm -hmm. is oftentimes a good way to get to know others and to be known. There are so many times, especially in larger churches where the congregation is is so big and people can just so easily slip through the cracks Mm -hmm. and go unnoticed. And God wants us to be concerned for one another and watching over one another's souls. So, we remind each other of the hope that we have in Christ when we when we get together. I mean, yes. let's face it. We all worship something. We all honor and adore and devote our time mm-hmm. and our money and our resources to something. But if it's not for the sake of God's kingdom mm-hmm. and his renown, then it's all vain. So when yeah. we gather together, it's iron sharpening iron. That's what the church is. We are edifying. We're exhorting one another yes. toward true worship. And this becomes just a, a, a sweet aroma to an onlooking world um, by God's grace and will draw the unbeliever to himself.
0: Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think about that and there's so many ways in which, I don't know, I myself go about this in a way that's just unhelpful. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to help others see the beauty of Christ. So we're like, man, you ought to worship more or man, we, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like we, right? we ought to do that. But really, I think when I think about us coming together and seeking to be humble, to love yes. God, to be obedient to God, so much of that looks like what it looks like with me with my kids. Like we're going outside and I'm just saying, baby, Hey guys, look at this. Look at what God's made. Like just pointing out little things about how we can refocus our hearts and our attention on God as we go about our day. And you take it yes. into the adult world and it's just like, how are we going to stir one another's affections for Christ in our speech? And that's right. where like you think about doing life together. And it's like, oh, are we doing this in a way that is really pointing one another to the good news of the gospel? Right. I don't know. I think so often we can come together and it can either be really surface level or, mm-hmm. Very self focused, right. but said to get together with the aim of speaking that hope and life and joy into one another as a, right. as a true source of encouragement. Yes. What does that look like for you, Edith? Like, you, like, how have you matured in that over the years?
1: Well, let me tell you the number one thing that has matured me, and is is just a daily sanctifying process. It's so funny because in our community group, at the uh, we study the word together and just kind of dig deeper, but then we kind of uh, separate and and you know guys pray with guys, girls, pray with girls. But you know, during that time, my prayer request is oftentimes it's, it's like, I'm a broken record, you know, pray for wisdom and parenting, wisdom and parenting, because <laughs> it has been so sanctifying yeah. for me and, and, and being a mom and being even a homeschooling mom. Especially homeschooling.
0: Mom. That's like full yes. of friction that I don't know if I will yes. be willing to accept.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's one thing for me to sit down with my girls and say, all right, we're going to, you know, study the word of God together. And, you know, if I, I am just like every button has been pushed and I am just on the brink <laughs> of cracking, you know, it makes me I'm challenged. You know, yes. do you really believe this word that you're teaching them? Is it true? If it is true, how are you walking it out before your children? How are you modeling it? That's the greatest your lesson they get. Yes. So just like you said, every everyday choices our a lifestyle, what we do, how we behave in front of our children, how we honor and respect our husbands, how we honor the Lord. Um, with our impurity in, in as a single, you know, whatever walk of life yes. you're in, whatever you're doing, ultimately, it should all be to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when we get together and we individually, yes, we try to worship the Lord. And as a body, we, we worship the Lord. But again, it all goes back to the object of, of our worship. And I think when we get our focus and our attention off of ourselves, it helps us to Hone in and 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 be able to ultimately give of ourselves in a humble, um, loving and obedient way to the Lord.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think the first time that I really kind of recognized, like, worship can happen. Yes, like when we're talking about scripture. Yes, when we're meeting together in the context of corporate worship. But like, worship can even happen when I'm washing my dishes.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: This dear brother of ours—I mean, he was a monk, I believe.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I read this in college, so it's been a long, long time. But basically, he talks about his experience as a dishwasher. That was what he did. It was—I don't even know if he was a monk. He worked in a monastery as a dishwasher, and he talked about how he would worship God in the most simple. Tasks, Which, let's just say, as a mother, can we not resonate with being a dishwasher and cleaning up messes? And I think a lot of times I have felt like, yeah, I have to get beyond this stuff that I have to do in order to be able to engage with the Word of God or meet with other believers or go and sing spiritual songs and hymns and and all this. And it's like, no. This is my spiritual act of worship that God has set before me. And he knew exactly what I would be doing with every single one of my days, including 556 pairs of socks and laundry and all the things that compose so much of my day. But how am I going to do this? Even this simple task for the glory of God, I'm going to honor him with my thoughts in this moment. And how am I going to use this time, you know, to further the kingdom? Even as I'm holding my, my children's laundry.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know, you're, when you look at scripture and you look at um, Titus and just, you know, women, um, Younger women uh, being encouraged and spurred on by older women and all of that, you know, one of the things that it talks about is, you know, loving your husband, loving your children, caring for your your home. So all of those things, you know, as menial as that task may seem to the mm-hmm. world, but those are all acts of worship because you are mm-hmm. honoring your family and you're serving them in a loving way, you know, and, th- and that I think that makes the difference is where is our heart? when we're doing all of those things, is my heart, um, grumbling and complaining and just, you know, or and looking at who isn't doing this, you know, you're not, you never helped me. You know, why aren't you helping me? <laughs> I turn, am always you the know. one to take down this church. What <laughs> exactly. The yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's an issue of the heart. I think many times to so worship, um, we look at um, being uh, obedient and, and loving and, and being humble, um, It's it's a matter of the heart many times.
0: Yeah. So what is the aim or goal of both individual and corporate worship? What is the aim of our hearts in that?
1: Yes. So for both. It's the same. So knowing God, this lifestyle of knowing God and making him known, ultimately, the goal is for his glory. The aim is for God's glory. At the end of the day, it's all about God's glory. And the really cool thing about all of this is that worship begets more worship. Yes, I mean, the does. more we know God, yes, the more we should desire to make him known. The more we worship God, the mm-hmm. more we realize that he alone is worthy, not only of our worship, but that of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And therein lies our command to go and tell others. That's where evangelism comes in. We share the gospel The good news that the holy God of the universe has reconciled sinful man to himself by the shed blood of his son, Jesus, the spotless lamb who alone can satisfy the just wrath of God. Having extinguished the penalty of sin by his death and resurrection for all who would repent and believe he's given the right to be called sons and daughters of the most high. Praise God that produces worship. When we Mm. read Romans 10 Uh, 14 through 15, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Everyone knows the, the Great Commission, hopefully. But Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In John Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad.
0: Yeah, I love that book. He
1: says, yeah, he says that missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Mm. Worship is. Missions mm-hmm. exists mm. because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. So when this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall in their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. And I see that just so beautifully illustrated when we read Revelations 4, 9 through 11. It says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders Fall down before him, fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him mm. who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. That is the aim all of our worship is for the glory of this great God that we serve. Amen
0: and amen. You know, I'm about to have to call Ruben and tell him that you're going to have to come and make disciples of Horabilis <laughs> in Fort Campbell, <laughs> Kentucky, Edith, because I could listen to you talk about this all day. Thank you so much. I know everybody's wanting to grow in their practice of worship. So do you have any tips, any recommendations for somebody who's just wanting to grow in this practice, in addition to all the others that you've
1: laid out already? Right, right. Well, first and foremost, I mean, as if you haven't already... been able to tell God's word, God's word, God's word is number one. If you want to know God and to make him known, there's no better place to get to know who God really is than the Holy Bible. Um, But in addition to that, I would recommend J.I. Packer's Knowing God. Um, I read that and it was just a a helpful resource. I have heard
0: so much about that, but haven't ever read it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We read it, I guess, maybe a couple of years ago um, with a class that we were taking at cross And it was, I was just, there.
0: yes, I was there for that time, but didn't get to do it because of little yeah. tiny babies.
1: <laughs> they do that. So, yeah. <laughs> but in addition to that, um, so knowing God and then humility by Andrew Murray. Oh, that, I do
0: love that book. Yes. Yeah,
1: but, uh, oh my goodness. I mean, it was just like, talk about like really having this bird's eye view and perspective of what humility really is. What it isn't, because I think sometimes we can misdefine it and then just totally miss Absolutely.
0: the point.
1: Um, and then the last one, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life by Donald Whitney. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. When you talk about knowing God by, you know, reading the Bible and spending time, um, having a healthy prayer life, memorizing scripture, meditating on scripture, evangelism, and it just goes through all of these spiritual disciplines that every believer really should in some form or fashion be practicing. And mm-hmm. ultimately it helps us to, to spur us on um, to obedience um, and ultimately worship.
0: Absolutely. Actually, Brad came on this very podcast and we talked about spiritual discipline. So Brad is the pastor of the church where Edith and I both attended. I believe it's episode thirty three, thirty two. I can't remember. But <laughs> wow, you've got to
1: memorize. You go, girl.
0: <laughs> well, it's actually because his is one of my favorites. I oh. wept at least three times and we did talk about Whitney's book a lot. So we'll link to that in the show notes if anybody wants to go back and listen. And I've had so many listeners tell me that they actually purchased Whitney's book as a result of that. So hopefully if they're thinking, mm-hmm. About it, they will now. It has been a super helpful book for me as well. Well, Edith, you made it through like the kind of official formal interview portion. This is one of my favorite (laughs) fun questions that I ask every guest who comes on the show. Um, But what are three of your simple joys?
1: Okay, three of my simple joys first and foremost um, is just knowing that I'm loved by my Heavenly Father. I Mm. mean, that might just sound Mm. sort of like, ah, yeah, but absolutely. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so much peace and comfort um from knowing um a father's love a heavenly father's love and then my husband is i uh, just being married these Aww. almost 16 years has just been just such a gift um such a gracious gift from the lord um and then my girls you know they Aww. drive me crazy some days but i would not <laughs> trade them for anything so those are definitely my my three simple joys oh
0: I love it so much I mean you are just it's just amazing how these questions have fleshed themselves out because especially with the recommended resources Edith it is hilarious how every single week I like expected that most of them would be like books or you know maybe an experience or something and everybody's like the word of God the local yes, church. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Well, three simple joys. So many people just say those near and dear people who they do life with every day. So God yes. is so kind, isn't he? He has given yes, us everything is. we need. Amen. Um, and I hope that's an encouragement to others to just get in the word and love your people right around you. And I know also with this question that I asked next, who has had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? So many people say somebody who is just so much more simple than what you would think. Like you you think maybe somebody would say Spurgeon or Piper or whatever, yes, but I'm anxious, yes. Edith, who is it that's had the greatest <laughs> impact on your journey with Jesus?
1: Uh, it's so funny that you asked that because there were several people that came to mind initially. Yeah. And then, you know, when it, at the end of the day, it's really in all honesty, my husband. Yes. Um, I can
0: because, imagine after 15, 16 years, almost 16 years. Like, like, yes, what an impact yes. he's had on you.
1: Yes. And his leadership and just his hunger for God's word um, led us before we moved here to uh, um, join our old church, our previous church home, which was Brook Hills, where at that oh, time yeah. Pastor David Platt was yeah. the senior pastor. And we both grew so much. Uh, we had so many gifted teachers and so many gifted preachers. But beyond just his hunger for the word and how he spurs me on, um, he really knows me. You know, he, mm-hmm. and he can recognize and he can call me out in a mm-hmm. loving way mm-hmm. on certain things, whether I really want to receive it at the time <laughs> or not. But it's because he loves me and he wants me to honor the Lord. And so I can't. I couldn't ask for more than than that, than someone who, who's spurring me on to holiness and spurring me on to be more like Jesus. So
0: oh, I love it. Well, you guys have both done that for me, even at a distance, Edith, and I'm just mm-hmm. so thankful for you coming on the show today and sharing that Thank with all of us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much for the opportunity.
0: Y'all, I hope that you found this conversation with Edith as convicting and inspiring as I did. As always, you can find the links and noteworthy quotes listed under the show notes on our website, journeywomenpodcast.com. To continue discussing the topic of worship with us, head over to at journeywomenpodcast on Facebook and Instagram. You'll also want to be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can catch next week's episode on praying together. Hey, if you're enjoying these conversations on the topic of community, we would love it if you'd consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. If you don't know how, you can find that info under the podcast section on our website. Doing this just helps get our podcast on the radar of other women on their journeys to glorify God. Thank you so much for allowing us to journey alongside y'all. We cannot wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.